Hey you, yeah you, come join our Discord. The Mixing Music Discord server is filled with tons of awesome information and people. People that can help you out and information that can help you grow your business and to help you improve your mixes. So come join us and find the invitation link at mixingmusicpodcast.com. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host DK and with me as always is my lovely co-host, my partner in crime, Luda. I want to say move Mitch, get out my way. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's for you, Mitch. That's for you, Mitch. And, uh, we are live right now on live stream. We are on Twitch. We are on YouTube. We are on everything, trying to be on everything. Um, and today we have a very special guest. Um, this man has a YouTube channel, a very successful YouTube channel, is incredibly helpful, a wonderful teacher on Clubhouse, has in, a very insightful social media presence on Instagram, TikTok, and various other things. I think I think uh, you have about 800, almost 850,000 subscribers on YouTube, right? With... Cool. Crazy numbers, the king of branding and business in the one of the, one of the very best in the music industry. Big shout out, very big welcome to Busy Works Beats. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the warm introduction. I appreciate you. Thank yeah, you. well, we're very grateful that you can be on the show, and we're especially excited for the knowledge you can drop with us. I know many of our listeners are producers. Or they're engineers that also produce, or producers that also engineer in various different capacities from beginner to intermediate, even some advanced folks. So I'm really excited for the knowledge because I think what we're going to talk about today is we've talked about branding and creating content and various things in the past. But today we're going to talk about that specifically for producers who are hoping to get placements or build a brand that is viable on whatever, beat stars or uh, getting client deals to kind of for the focus and purpose of monetizing your music. And uh, let's get started right off the bat. Like, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you've kind of figured all this shit out. Yeah, well, the short of it is that, you know, after training over 800,000 producers around the world, you know, some have gone to work with Drake, Post Malone, YG, Ray Schremer, Ariana Grande. Did I say Post Malone? Yeah. Uh, Trippy Red, J. Cole. Uh, Kanye, Drake. I start reading, I start overlapping. <laughs> Basically, everybody on the billboard. Shout out to everybody. You know, multi platinum, diamond, um, and even Grammy winning producers. So, after you've seen your process work over and over and over and over and over again, you start to lose doubt. It's just a matter of the process at that point. And after 3,000 videos for free, that's just the free stuff. Um, you kind of learn what works, what, you know, where the vein of success is, how to spot success, what's the DNA for success. And you realize the reality of the music business Um, without digging down the rabbit hole. It really does come down to connections, relationships, branding. That's it. Skill does not truly matter like that. Um, You know, I want to break some myths, too, for your podcast. I don't want to go down. No, let's this even better, bro. The more myths we can break. I want to write that down. Hold on. You said connections, relationships. And uh, what did I say? Connection, relationships and branding. Uh branding let's yeah let's break some myths man what's what's a what's a brand off or a myth off the top of your head top of the head for producers and engineers the number one i've seen for engineers they're scared to take pictures in the studio you know Killshot, right yeah oh yeah of course see Killshot embraces taking pictures with the artist he's not looking at it like it's clout chasing Killshot is legitimately in these sessions he's legitimately chosen by these folks why not capture a picture not a video because some people don't want their music in the video we get it but a picture with who you're working with, it only elevates your brand. The way success works is like this. And shout out to Killshot is it's, it's, you know, there, I don't know if you guys study religious uh, texts, but the Bible, for example, has a book called the book of Kings. And in the whole book of Kings, it outlines the Royal genetics. It goes, this King was beget from this King. And that King was begot from that King. And it just goes on and on and on. You're like, what, what's the importance of this book? And if you dig deeper You know, it's people are trying to find the lineage of Jesus Christ. For example, if Abraham started this tree of of lineage and genetics of holy people, then there must be something in these holy people. And my point is, back in the day, they used to think that kings were under God. 
they were basically God's representative on earth. So back in the day, have you heard of the knighting process? No, no. not the, no. Or ceremony, I mean. The no. knighting ceremony, I have not. Please, I mean, please where explain. they're just kind of like, dink, dink, congratulations <laughs> to your knight. <laughs> right. Like in it's the Minions rich, movie? <laughs> yeah, and dove each side, exactly. The point of that ceremony, the point of the ritual is to show that, remember, back in the day, people used to see the king and the queen as like a God representative on earth. So even on the back of our dollars says, in God we trust, because we're, re- we're using secondary reinforcement to add value to that dollar. Because we think that we can exchange it for something later down the line. And who do we trust more than ourselves? We trust the creator. So my point is, in those uh, knighting ceremonies, the king or queen would dub each shoulder of the, the knight. They were passed on the trust or the authority from themselves over to the knight and dub the noble. In other words, it's a connection from God, you know, back in the day, to the king or the queen, to that person. So it's a lineage of power. And I'm, I'm saying this because... Uh, social media works the same exact way. If we look at all the major acts, I'm going to name a couple acts and I want you guys to really think about where they came from. Um, let's start with uh, Drake. Where do you think Drake came from? Uh, wasn't he signed to Lil Wayne uh, starting out or maybe not starting out, but like uh, was one of his big, bigger signers early days? Oh, mm-hmm. I know where Drake came from. Canada? He came from, he came from his mother. Exactly. That's another. Where you from, my mama? That's another powerful thing because he has you know the whole community of their culture as well behind him. But you know Drake was the son of you know begot the Ben of the son of um, the Beta of the Alpha called Lil Wayne. Okay, Mm. and Lil Wayne was the son of or the Beta of or the Ben of Birdman. So there's a lineage of success. Young Thug came from. Birdman, you know, it all ties back to like this. Somebody started, there's a progenitor who started the success and then they passed it along the lines. Even Lil Nas X did not just pop up out of nowhere. Do you guys know where Lil Nas X came from? No. Uh, Wasn't he involved in some of the lyrical lemonade team? Oh, see, I didn't know that. Uh, I remember he was actually performing shows with them and everything pretty early on before the big, big hits. But um, I I thought there was some involvement there or maybe some common involvement. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, well, I was just going to say, I didn't know about that part, but I'll say that he basically had galvanized a lot of Nicki Minaj fans. He was a Barbie. Are, what are oh. they called? Barbies? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't bar. know. I think barb. I've heard about this a Barbie, before. a Barb. I meant to say, <laughs> so he had a lot of the Barbs, <clears throat> pardon me, on his side before he got famous. So, my point in saying all this is that success comes from somewhere. Like people think that we just generate money out of nowhere. A lot of the money that I know I'm going off on a tangent, but it's going to get back to the point is, for example, there's an economic almost depression on the way of recession. Some people would be scared to say, because most people think the money we have is our money. It's credit. It's not money. It's just a created thing out of thin air. At the end of the day, who owns the assets? Who owns the water? Who owns the food? Who owns the actual things that create the actual value? Those things are loaned out to, you know, imagine life like a pyramid you have at the top of the pyramid, the Illuminati. Okay, then you got, you know, the second rung of the pyramid, which is uh, the royal family. They own most assets. Then you have another rung where it's the corporations and the oil companies. Now, everybody else underneath there, we're hoping that they give us their resources. We're hoping that they give us their their, uh, fiat. And we don't truly control it. So my point is, there's two ways to success. And I'll, I'll you know, wrap the answer here is you can either galvanize horizontally, which is what I was saying before with you, D, is that these brands can either go to people who have less than 800,000 followers, let's say less than whatever the following is, but they know they have a huge potential. And there's something called horizontal scaling when you get into advertisement. I'd rather, you know, even in investing, they say diversify your portfolio. That's actually the way to gain the most money is diversify. So I'm going to wrap the answer here, but I know I'm going on and on and on. But my point is this. You know, they'd rather spread the risk across 10 podcasts, people who are killers, who are actually respected, than invested all into one person. And I'm saying this to say, going back, we can either have horizontal galvan- galvanizing, which is to galvanize the bottom part of the pyramid and unify to create our own rung to the pyramid or overthrow the higher rung. Or we have to rely on the higher rung above us to pass success to us. And that's how, that's how we get pulled up in this societal uh, hierarchy, quite literally. That's what labels are. They just pull people up. 
you know, we could either do the grassroots thing and, and get a million people, you know, a million of our friends to support us, or we could just go to a label who already has the control over the million people. And um, once you look at life that way, you start to see everything, you know, a little bit differently, in my opinion. That is that is interesting. Um, I have a question. If and this is meant to, I'm going to play a little bit of dev, devil's advocate with this. Uh, what about with like the the democratization of like YouTube and and algorithms and social media and stuff? Like, I'm sure that Mr. Beast had someone that invested in him and helped him. But what if someone goes viral? I guess that if they're not influenced or connected with someone big, then they would kind of that would be that would fade. That influence would fade. Or like, what is the difference between? I mean, can people come up without the help of somebody else? Is that even a thing? Hmm, that's a good point. Okay. No, no, no. I was actually just going to say that's actually a really good question because that's exactly what I was thinking about right now. As uh, if I was uh, if I was to sponsor somebody, I would want somebody with some level of stability. But overnight successes on something random. Let's say a song did blow up, and that artist does have clout for that one. They don't tend to last long. So, what does that look like? What do? How do yeah, they approach so, that? Yeah. Right. That's a good question. Thank you. Is let's consider your um you know the the swimming trunks where you got oh was that private information no 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 <laughs> you can go ahead and say that. Okay. Yeah, what he's referencing is we were joking around about some swimming trunks where for merch, me and DK might just put our icons on the booty cheeks, one on each cheek. <laughs> anyway, that's that's so if you want a fun before, time at the beach, take us with you. Yeah, that was the joke before <laughs> right. we started recording. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead, busy. Yeah, yeah. There's two approaches to that in this case. If we want true power and sustenance, we have to build our own distribution chain. If we're talking about like a supply chain, we have to build our own distribution. So the, the trick is, do we have the people to sell to or do we have to take our swim trunks to Walmart who already has the people to sell to? That's where you guys have the, the actual power because you control the communication among the engineering and producer community. So all these companies have to come to you not only because you own the distribution, but also because some of these companies don't resonate with the audience. They're too far, you know, off. have you ever had a conversation with an older um, uh, person in your generation, uh, person in your family who's from an older generation and it's just hard to like find common ground? Yeah. Yeah. And there's this uh, built in thing about business. The higher you go up, the more leadership you take on and responsibility, the farther you are away from the core skill. Oh, absolutely. Like, and that just happens on a corporate level. So by default, some of these bigger companies can't get on that ground level. So they need people to interface with the community like yourself, because you're the person who, who is the most receptive, uh, receptive. Is that a word? Receptive? Received, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Received is the word I'm looking for. The most received. Um, because just like diabetes, for example, when our body has sugar coming in, our body begins to build a resistance to the sugar. So we stop absorbing the sugar. And that's what creates the effects of diabetes, for example. And a lot of these companies have that issue. They're so, um, you know, saturated, some would say, to a negative degree that people don't receive them anymore. So they need people who can go in. And it's a biblical principle to go in and dig up the dirt around the, the tree that's dying and put in fertilizer. So you're quite literally the fertilizer who magnetizes the law of attraction, so to speak, to pull in that business, to pull in those new customers. That's why you're so important. You know, this platform, media outlets are so important for the producer and engineering community, especially the engineering community, because it's so tight. It's so small. You know, once you get to know the, the people who are in it, um, so to speak. It's kind so of funny. It's true how small it is. Like uh, this past NAM weekend, I want to say that every event you went to, you just saw the same people at each event. <laughs> are you guys yeah. with the NAM? Yeah, you didn't. Oh, uh, did we? No, no, he was. You were there. Yeah, I think no. you were there, right, Busy? No, I didn't go. I didn't go this year. Oh, okay, you didn't go this year. My well, bad. I mean, there's gonna be another one coming up, supposedly maybe in April. You know, they're gonna do it. They're gonna try to set it back in January soon enough, but they're they're pushing back dates to make it make sense. Lou and I were talking about going to AES in October in New York. Oh yeah. But anyway, um, let's go back to this idea. So, myth number one: engineers can and should take pictures with their clients and and you said something different you said specifically you said because uh and Killshot was the example that you used he's an engineer that you may have heard of uh he's doing really really well on social media right now um 
you said that he's not doing it for clout chasing, which is really interesting. Cause like, that's like intern rule. Number one is like, don't sell yourself. Don't be a clout chaser. People don't like that. But you're saying that people can do this and benefit from it. And I assume that the person getting their picture taken can benefit from it too. Like, Oh, this is just one more person. Although small, it's an outlet for people, for their fans to like me more or something like that. So I, I'm not sure. So like, you're saying take more pictures and don't be afraid. Is that, that's like, yeah. that's a very, very mindfuck thing right now that's happening. I'm like, I should be doing that. Holy shit. Yeah, you're right. It's cognitive um, dissonance. No, no, no. I was in, no, go ahead. I hold on, hold on. You said, you said the key word. Hold on. You said cognitive dissonance. I want you to go on. You're talking yeah. my language. Keep going. What is, what is this cognitive dissonance? Basically, it's we're so conditioned to think a certain way. And the reason we think this way is because that pyramid I talked about. Think about how most engineers get a job. They get it because a studio, professional studio, hires them as an intern. And people are so scared to lose their job. They don't want to break the rules of the studio owner. So they, you know, the studio owner has these kind of Soho house rules where it's like, don't take pictures of celebrities. They look at it like a hotel. You know, if you have these high end clients, they don't want people to know where they're at. That's the number one thing. If you do take pictures, post it after they leave. Don't post it during because people can even identify the inside of a studio. Like, I don't know if you guys have been to Altrium Studio, but once I see Altrium, I know it's Altrium. I actually set up every room in there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Yanni, Kadis, and all them. Uh, the Wakanda room was my room for five years. Oh, the Wakanda. I've never been in the Wakanda room. No wonder yeah. you're wearing all black with the... With the <laughs> <laughs> it says it all. I mean, I so, just like so my aesthetic. With, with, this is actually... That was actually probably... That's a big gem for anybody that's listening right now. I know everybody's like, ah, but good point, because... There is a balance because some people, I assume, are kind of not keen to that because there is potential violence that can happen or like uh, security things that people don't want to be known where they are right now, you know? Uh, right. But that being said, like, I think that's a big takeaway. As long as you're doing it safe, as long as you're doing it after. I mean, Lou's talked about in the past, like, hey, don't like, and we know engineers personally that have like taken pictures with celebrities or taken pictures of their session while it was happening and then they got booted off the record completely. And even sued, but it's like so. It's good to do it, but wait till after it's released or whatever it is. I think the biggest uh, tell if you should do it right away is based on your relationship with the artist. I've, I feel like a big issue that a lot of people run into is knowing when to ask for the photo and uh, when to speak up about trying to get more involved. If there's no relationship built right away, sometimes that's actually the first thing that deters like any ability to grow with that person because they I, may not know you well enough to feel as comfortable to say yes right away. You know, if you do a good job during your session, you do it after the session It's like, yo, OK, like, yeah, we could take a photo like you were cool. I like you. I, on this on a separate note, Busy, I'm wondering if this has anything to do with it. It probably does. Is that. Ever since I started the podcast, and more importantly, the more successful I become as an engineer, as a podcaster, the more naturally I can talk to people like Baines and Tizio and other engineers that are doing really well. Not because anything changed, but because I feel like now I, des I can deserve to talk to them. Like I've earned my right to talk to them and I speak at a mutual level, which is super interesting. I assume that has something to do with it. Right. Yeah. You're making a lot of subconscious points, right? For example, the girl I'm with right now is a beautiful woman. She's gorgeous. And she's a, a lovely spirit. Now, I wouldn't attract that or wouldn't believe I deserve that if I haven't built myself up. So think of celebrities like really good looking women, for example. It's a, do you, would you have the courage to walk up to a really good looking girl and say, hey, can I take a picture if you don't know her? Most people would say no, or they wouldn't even say no. They just wouldn't do it. And I think that's what the real issue is. But also there's a fear of um, the studio owners because here's, let me just go back a little bit. We're so conditioned to not take pictures because, again, the studio owners are worried about their clientele. So when you have an intern coming in and you start taking pictures with the clients, they think you're going to run off with their clients. And now you're a competitor. So it's not that the celebrity has all these rules about not being seen, because I'm, when I public speak, I love when people want to take pictures with me and talk to me and see me and recognize me. That's kind of part of being uh, front facing in the public. You want that. I think more so, like you said, the security aspect. But also it's the studio owners trying to block somebody from taking away their clientele. But I want you guys to, not you guys, but I want your audience to embrace the moment. You never know if you're ever going to see Mariah Carey ever again in your life. Like you never know if you're even going to have this job. Why are you so focused on bending a rule based on a job you don't even know if you're going to have for the rest of your life anyway? 
because a lot of today's world, like you said, going back to the democratization of power, really, is that you can build up your own social media and not have to rely on these studios anymore. You can go there as a subcontractor or an independent and have your own clientele and bring them there and rent out the studio. Like, for example, at Altrium in the Miami room. I think we were in the Miami room the one time. Um, is that a room, Miami room? Yeah, the Miami room is the big one with the acrylic uh, uh, boxes for the speakers, right? Yeah, uh, acrylic. It's like the booth is on the back right one after you walk in. Yep. Yeah, that's the Miami hey, room. Yo, I, I don't, I'm not going to dox you, but are you nearby us? Because you're saying some very local things. No, I was, <laughs> that's just, I, I know that one's in the cut. That's like okay, a secret. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, that one's the secret uh, studio most producers go to. A qu- um, quick question. I want to, I want, I have a couple questions with trying to elaborate on this. One, I know that like a lot of like hyper fans, if they see Drake at the show, take pictures with Drake, like in with the audience. I feel like taking pictures with them, I don't want to speak like this, but like from a lower standing versus taking pictures with them from an equal standing because you're actually working with them. There, I assume that there's a difference there. Like as a fan, like as a member of the audience versus like working equally on a project. Is there a difference? I assume. Yeah. And there's even some people say body language. Like if somebody's leaning in, they're more, um, you're more of the leader of the moment. If somebody's leaning towards you, I don't know if that's true or not, but I've seen that in a lot of pictures. So if you are taking a picture, stand up straight. And, uh, you know, I'm a loving person. So if I see Drake in a studio session, I don't care what the owner thinks I'm taking a picture period. And my point is, it's because at this level of business, we work at the speed of trust. We don't have time to research this engineer from this producer. Like I have to visually see who are you next to? That's all I can judge. And when you're moving at this light speed, trust is the only real currency. So this is why I said we have to rely on people's, you know, in the subconscious mind, we're not trying to get too deep with it, but when, okay, I'll say this. When I say ice cream, what two words do you guys um, think of when I say the word ice cream? Banana split. No, I'm just kidding. Ice and cream. <laughs> yeah, ice and cream. Yeah. <laughs> ice and cream. Is, <laughs> is that, was that not the answer? It's like ice I cream. I mean, some, yeah, some people say cold, vanilla, chocolate. Oh, okay. oh, even descriptor. <laughs> okay, like adjective. <laughs> yeah. So I asked that question because most people, I'll do this at a live event when I do public speaking, and most everybody in the crowd will have a different answer, even to the simple word of ice cream, the simple symbol of an ice cream or what ice cream means to people, it means something different to each person. My point in saying that is you have, we have to, to better communicate. You have to find the common ground of understanding this. When you go to my, have you guys been to Miami before? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if LA is like this. Is LA to where it feels like other cultures are in LA or is it very Americanized? No. LA- it's like other cultures in LA. Culture, but you can definitely find like specific areas, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah. That does make sense. Because yeah. going to Miami was like a culture shock. I was like, am I in America? Like, it just was a whole <laughs> different country. And my point is to communicate in Miami, I had to find those simple words that meant the same thing in their culture and my culture. I didn't know what la manana meant. So I would say, uh, you know, street. Like, did they understand street? You have to find that common word. So my point is when we're operating on the speed of trust, we have to find the common symbol that everybody understands. And that is, the front facing people, Cardi B, whoever the celebrity is, Shaq, like Killshot and Shaq. Um, people understand these really simple cliche front facing people. They understand Snoop Dogg. I'm not trying to go on and on and on, but when I'm dealing with Web3 companies, like we're dealing with uh, uh, the number 24 or higher uh, protocol in the world is called Near, And their market cap is like either 4 billion. It was 7 billion when the market was up. Now they're 4 billion, whatever. We got funded by Near, which is a Web3 company in crypto. Um, funded by A16Z and all this type of stuff. Uh, Adresen Horowitz, or however you pronounce the name, forgive me. And my point is, what was my point? What was, what was I getting to? Forgive me that I got lost in the sauce. We were talking about front no, facing. We, oh, we oh, do oh. exactly. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> the, oh, sorry. Yeah, these folks are from, you know, Eastern Europe. So they don't understand who Ludovica is. Shout out to Ludovica. You mixed the crap out of her acapella one time. She gave me the acapella for that. Or you might have gave me the acapella for the song for a contest we did. That was a crazy, just the acapella was crazy. Um, Thank you. And, uh, you know, these these companies only understand a Snoop Dogg. We understand all the micro niches, niches, you know, all that type of stuff. These other countries and companies don't. 
So we have to find that common thing that they understand, which is that celebrity. So all that to say, take pictures with celebrities. Don't be afraid. Um, if anybody threatens you guys to, to fire you, really ask yourself, is that where you want to be anyway? Who, you know, if the artist is not complaining, you, they're, they're, you shouldn't live out of fear is what I'm trying to say. That's not a good leader who rules out of fear. That's a really good point. I, I think to kind of generalize and recap, it seems like the main over-encapsulating formula is, is that that does help. And the only reason why you're not even utilizing it is probably, not you, but the audience, but you're probably not even realize, using it is because you're scared to break relationships or because you've been told so many times and trained not to. You're saying, at the very least, it can help and don't fear of what it can do. Like, don't, don't be led by fear. Right. And is that kind of like a general, am I, did I generalize correctly? You're right. Cause once, you know, maybe I'm speaking as a maverick. So forgive me if I'm sounding super like entitled, but I had to get everything on my own, God willing. You know what I mean? It was just me and the Lord. That's it. So when, you know, people try to guilt me into things or make me operate out of fear, I just go, why do I need you? You know, I've, I've made brands millions of dollars. The company called Image Line, who made FL Studio, the world's number one doll, I made them tens of millions of dollars. They wouldn't even acknowledge me for the first two to three years. They wouldn't even like acknowledge me, hey, thanks, or hey, busy, or anything. They wouldn't even acknowledge. I made them millions and millions of dollars. Really? And my point is, yeah, dealing with these companies is that you, people think that you have to do favors for brands. I'll tell you this, when you're doing brand deals and all this type of stuff, guys, for yourself and to everybody listening, is if they don't reciprocate in the beginning, chances are they're not going to reciprocate in the end. And that's because you're not doing a favor for the brand. You're doing a favor for a person who works at a brand. And if they get fired, you just built all that relationship for nothing. So hold on. I just want to repeat what you just said, which makes me so excited. If they're not respecting you or reciprocating in the beginning, they're not going to respect or reciprocate you at the end. Oh my shit. We've talked so much about that show about that in general on the show. Like even when like picking clientele was our most recent ex- like our most common example like making sure that you don't hate your clients because if you keep inviting more clients that you hate, you're just going to have a bunch of money and income from clients that you hate and that's not fun. Right? So like, yeah, you got to pick people who respect you and work with you from the beginning. That's so good. And exactly. especially as like I would say that I'm an intermediate content creator. I still have a lot to learn and a lot more to grow. But in some as- in uh, some aspects and some platforms, I'm doing really well. For example, specifically on podcasting platform, we're doing really, really well. Not not half as well on Twitch or YouTube, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> but we're doing really well on podcasts. And so, like, all this stuff is extremely useful for someone like me. And I know it, it would have been so much more useful if I knew this like three years ago. Because there's so many missed opportunities I could have taken pictures with. I'm counting at least 20 people off the top of my head right now that I could have done that with. This is just is so insightful. I want to go into, uh, like, I don't know. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Or Go ahead. Yeah, you are going to say something. Because you brought up a good point. I'll just say this real quick. I just want people to, to think about your real life the same way you would think about your business life. Would you date someone who never took a picture with you? Would you take someone who, or would you date someone who never reposted you or acknowledged you publicly? Um, would you, we, women make this mistake. Cause I have a lot of women, uh, mentees and things for my creative agency. And I see their relationship issues a lot. Um, and the number one thing is they think the guy's going to change. Mm. I'm just like, he's not going to change what he is now. It, you either accept him for what he is now, or that's it. You know, it's not, people can change, but we tend to fantasize and create this avatar in our mind. That's not reality. Um, and the same thing we do with the brands. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, that was exactly it. I'm wondering, um, do you have a myth number two off the top of your head? <laughs> myth number two. Yes, that talent matters. I hate to say it. Because engineers, you guys are very like, you know, I don't know if you guys are on the forums. Do you guys uh, recent the forums? Frequent uh, forums? Do you mean like Reddit and all that? Yeah, like Gear Sluts, I think is one. Reddit. Um, I don't know the yeah, thing. Did they like rebrand? Cause they're like, yeah, it's called gear space now. <laughs> I thought you said, gear. Oh, okay. Gear I space. mean, I, I will forever be a gear slut. I'm just saying there's some <laughs> 500 series modules under my desk that don't change their position. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, right. tell, right. tell us. Exactly. Um, so yeah. So what it comes down to with, 
uh, engine. It's just talent doesn't matter. I want you guys to think about this. I can go into, are you guys familiar with like real estate and uh, it's called flipping contracts or wholesaling? Unfortunately not. I wish I was. Okay. Just, well, just super one-on-one stuff. So please explain. Yeah. So the simple fact is somebody can have a house and they need to get rid of the house because of the five D's divorce, depression, um, you know, death or whatever the other five, the two are, they need to get rid of a house. And then you have an investor who needs to put their money to work. So the trick is you can be the middleman or the connector who has no assets whatsoever. As long as you have somebody with a problem, and somebody with the solution, all you have to do is connect them. That's what Facebook is. It's a trillion dollar market, however valued uh, Facebook is. They just find the person with the problem and the person, person with the solution and connect them. That's your quickest way into success into this industry is most people think that you have to deliver the deliverable, like the music, the mix, the, you know, I'm trying to think of another asset, um, the graphic. Mastering. Mastering. Yeah, recording. Recording, right. Sometimes an artist is like, yo, man, I just need a photographer in the city. I'm not a photographer. My job is to go find a photographer of a decent rate in LA, for example, who's ready the next day to shoot for Trippy Red because he needs a photographer. Find out what people need and meet a lot of people and then have a bunch of solutions on one side and then find a bunch of people, uh, people with problems on the other side and just connect the dots. That's how you actually create your own uh, web for placements. Um, and different things. Most people think, again, it's based on skill. Like if I'm just the best producer, just the best engineer, I'm going to get this thing. It's like college. It, it, let's put it this way. I'll parallel it with college because people understand that. Have you guys gone to university? Yeah. Yeah. So we know <laughs> I was a bio major pre-med, um, you know, headed to medical school, all types of stuff for four years. I'm thinking, okay, I'm doing everything right. Getting the grades, whatever, you know, doing all these internship things. And then I'll have this magical job by the time I'm done because I'm working up this imaginary ladder. But you graduate and you realize there's no, it was all a fantasy. It was that they sold us on this so that we would just give them thousands and thousands of dollars, hence the trillion, whatever, in student loan debt. So we have to apply that to our skill set. Just because we're getting better does not mean some magical door is going to open at the end of the tunnel to make us work with Drake. Because Drake doesn't work with the greatest people in the world. That, if that was the case, all the jazz musicians would be making the number one hits right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like only the top of the top people would ever get work. It's just not the case. So I want people to shift their mindset to think, how do they add value by connecting? In short, going back to the real estate thing, I have a house which needs to be sold. I have an investor who needs to put their money to work. Great. I'm going to create a deal as just a person who knows two people and I'm going to present three offers. So this can help people with their pricing too. You want to have at least three offers. When you guys go to McDonald's or Wendy's or Burger King, I don't know what's out in LA or in and out uh, you, what's your guys' favorite fast food place? I hate to admit it, but Taco Bell. <laughs> All right. Oh, I hate to admit it. <laughs> right on. I like Whataburger you? in Texas. Whataburger. But that's not, that's not, have you ever been to a Whataburger? Uh, no, I've never been. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to, uh, we're not going to go on a tangent. Go ahead. Keep, keep no, no, going no. with your thing. Yeah, the point is when we get there, chances are just same with your shorts. You, you need small, medium, and large because we have to create contrast. So when, when your audience is uh, creating pricing, for example, or even value propositions to different people they, they know, have three options. The, mo- the first option is straight cash. In this case, to make it simple, straight cash, pay me $2,000 to mix your track, whatever. The next option is cash plus percentage. So I'll do a discount. It's a thousand for the mix, but then I want some points on the back end. Then you have the third option, which is all points, no cash. This is how most lawyers and top accountants work. They work off of equity. So for bigger projects, you're probably going to position it to where it's like, hey, Drake, I'll work for free, but I just want some points. I'm not going to worry about the, the measly $2,000 fee, I want $20,000 recurring over the next couple quarters because I worked with Drake on his latest CLB album. And I think just positioning people to have those three things, small, medium, large, is going to help a lot of folks. Um, I forget the core point that I was trying to make, but it basically comes down to small, medium, large. What was that core? I pivoted. So So, so yeah, sorry. Um, The original myth, myth number two is talent does not matter. Oh, right. Talent doesn't matter. So yeah, I was basically trying to position it to tell people you don't have to have the skill. You have to know the person with the skill. But not only that, you have to have multiple options, not just the one person. 
because yeah, it gets it gets tedious. But I don't know. I'll if you have time, I can define network for people. If I mean, would you say that that's uh, similar to the role of an executive producer? Uh, almost uh, contracting the work, finding the right players, and then delivering the product. Deep. That's deep. Because think about it. Yes, I'll say yes. And think about it. Banks don't work all day. Like, people who are wealthy do not work. They don't work for their money. They don't exchange time for their money. The whole key to what we're doing as entrepreneurs is to separate ourselves from time. In the beginning, all we have is time to exchange for money. That's all we have because we're not valuable. Then we gain a comp, uh, you know, we gain a skill, a competency, and now we can charge more for our hour. That's most engineers and producers are in that pocket. Then we want to get to a point where we're entrepreneurial producers and engineers, where we spend our money to buy other people's time who are, um, you know, whatever the word I just used, who are smart basically to do the skill. And then once we can step away fully and never have to exchange our time, all our money's doing is focused on that internal rate of return. And it's just, we become the bank at that point. Hmm. Um, and executive producing gives us a lot of power because, you know, there's a, have you guys read a think and grow rich? Yep. Not yet. By Napoleon yep. Hill. I have. There's a principle in there called the mastermind uh, principle. Are you familiar? So I have let's, a whole, let, ma- let's explain it. Let's explain it. Yeah. So for example, I have a mastermind. Let me check how many people are in here. It's a private mastermind. I'm not promoting it. It has uh, 251 leaders and shakers. Um, in this mastermind. And it's my network that I started of all the people that I wanted to connect because I said, I might not be able to, you know, there's a lady in there, for example, who's working on a hundred million dollar uh, film studio off of uh, Vancouver Island. It's called Malahat Studios. Shout out to Beverly. You know, she's trying to raise a hundred million dollars. Then you got, uh, you know, a creative agent, uh, Q, who uh, represents, um, what's the guy from uh, Squid Game? I forget the main character from Squid Game, but there's Squid Games 2 coming out. And he's the agent for him. So, you know, these high level folks, you might not have their exact solution, but they may know somebody who knows somebody. So long story short, going back to the executive producer role, we want to be in a position where we can activate what's called a network. And this is what I really do. This is the stuff that people don't see BusyWorks does behind the scenes. This is why I work with so many brands, for example, Razer, a billion dollar gaming laptop company, Universal Audio, ImageLine, Isotope, Arturia. Um, you know, I'm starting to forget everybody. Waves, all the top Ooh. companies. On that note, let's take a quick pause just for five seconds. Don't forget what you were going to talk about because I want a big, a big shout out to our sponsor of the Mixing Music Podcast. Big shout out to, you just named it, Isotope. Not the Isotope. <laughs> Thank you so much for sponsoring the show, Isotope. Um, if you'd like 15% off of any of their products or would like an extended trial period from seven days to 30 days, go visit isotope.com backslash MM podcast or mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash isotope. Um, and to take a hold of their deals, we love isotope products. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Um, let's keep going. Sorry. Oh, right Didn't mean that. Yeah, it's funny because I just did a free mastering course uh, for premium members. And I did the AI mastering from Isotope versus like all the other mastering solutions. And the AI, uh, I think, beat most of the, if not the number one, it was the number two in the whole like comparison. So the AI beat me on the mastering. Really? Um, That's awesome. Yeah, not that I'm the greatest mastering engineer in the world. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so awesome. going back to what, and shout out to Dave and, uh, and Jeff from Isotope, Jeff Manchester, um, and uh, John as well. So, um, you know, when it comes to networking, Net means total in work. If you define it by physics means force times distance. That's the actual definition of work. I know I'm getting geeky, but bear with me here. This is going to be important for your audience to understand. So for example, there's three people here. We're all forces, individual forces. This goes back to the mastermind principle. So force equals mass times acceleration without getting geeky with it. Basically, have you guys been in in, an above ground pool before? Yes. All right. So, you know, the effect of when you let's imagine it's you're standing in the middle of this above ground pool and everything's still. So what happens when I start walking forward from the center of the circle to the radius or whatever the proper term is to the circumference or whatever of the circle? There's a little trail of water behind you. Now, most people stop. And they feel they're like, oh, I'm doing so much work because they feel the effect of that small little burst. But what happens once you stop is that the water hit your back, but then it, it settles back to normal. So what happens with most people? We'll start from the in, 
the center of this pool, we'll walk to the edge, we'll hit that wall, that frustration period. There's a book by George Leonard called Mastery. If you guys want to study the growth curve, like growth is not just from zero to 1000. It's just not how anything works in real like life outside of bacteria growth. Is that the right. author that made uh, 48 Laws of Power as well? Same, um, different, different, was from different master? master? Robert Greene. Okay, so this is yeah. the George Leonard Mastery. Yes. Because I think Robert uh, Greene has a book called Mastery too as well. Right, I think he was going after that keyword, to be honest. Uh, he used the law of power. Uh, that's funny. So we start in the center of the pool, and then we walk to the edge of the pool. We hit that friction point. This is where most people get frustrated. But again, we always, when we're moving you're going to feel your past success catch up. But most people live in the past, AKA the water behind them. What happens if you start in the middle of the pool, you walk to the edge, you hit the wall, then you realize you have to pivot as an entrepreneur and you have to adapt. Now you're going around the edge of the pool. And if you guys have done this before as kids, um, you know, and the pool is circular, you can walk around the edge of the pool and then you keep doing it. And then ultimately you can let go and the flow takes you. You don't even have to move anymore. The flow carries you. Have you ever done that before? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what momentum is, is that we have to use our force. Remember, our individual self hit that wall and then we have to create momentum until the for, until the uh, the uh, what's it called compound effect carries us. Now, here's how it works with networking and people, though. I'll be short because it is a long explanation, but force in physics is mass times acceleration. <laughs> Bless you. So that's that's our body moving. Action is the definition of our body moving. It requires chemical reactions to create action. If you want to translate the invisible to the visible, you have to take thought, which is of the highest frequency. Some people call it God, whatever, the ether. And you have to translate it into emotion because emotion crystallizes a higher frequency. You guys are in the sound, so I can finally use this analogy. Thank God. Mm -hmm. Is that, <laughs> you know, when we... Um, you know, when you have upper harmonics, it's multiples of a fundamental frequency. Yeah. And what we have to do is take our thought, which is all these harmonics, these higher frequency things, and we have to crystallize it or pull it back to this physical reality, which is quite literally the lower frequencies of all reality. So you have to take a thought and emotionalize it and put it into your hormonal circuit so that it's on loop in your body. Now, once you have a conviction, then you commit action based on those chemical reactions that are happening based on your hormones, and then you get results. My point is this. We are all forces, individual forces. We're bodies that move. Now, work is force times distance. So work is the definition of you starting in the middle of the pool, walking to the outside of the pool. You, you carry your force over distance, and that's the amount of work you put in, which most people talk about is work. How much work did you put in? But the problem is you, you only have 24 hours in a day. So your day is maxed and capped at a certain amount if you always exchange your work for value, your time for value. So here's what you have to do. You have to look at power. You just mentioned um, Robert Greene and the laws of power, right? 48 laws. Now we're talking about power. If you look at the definition of power in uh, physics, it's work over time. So the only way to increase your power is to decrease the time it takes to do your work or which you talked about, I think templates earlier, um, or it's to increase the W value, which is the work or the force. The only way to increase work is to increase the force or the distance or how far you work. Uh, you've worked. Yes. So my point is when you talk about the mastermind principle, we're talking about power which is galvanizing a bunch of individual forces like ourselves, this trio right here, this Trinity power in threes. Okay. That will increase the W value, which then increases your power. That's what we're looking to do is increase power. And most people focus on force. You want to think power. How do you increase the force amount? You have to convince people to be on your podcast, convince people to be on your, you know, YouTube content collabs, cameos, shout outs, whatever. That's how you increase your force effect. That's what networking is, is the total amount of work, which is power. That's, you know, to give it a definition, that's what it is. And, you know, that's how you have to think, basically. I could go on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, which is interesting. We've, we've done many episodes on the inevitability and the, like, how important it is to sustain and build a business as an entrepreneur. Um, and another word for power is... Uh, and decreasing time is by systems, right? 
like at some point, <clears throat> it, it's always funny to me. Like this is a very entrepreneurial part of me. Like I think it's funny that I ended up liking and becoming most passionate about one of the least scalable things I could ever do: mixing. Like <laughs> I can only work on one song at a time with one artist at a time. But like things like the podcast or like my Twitch streaming, where at least I can scale by location and by how many people are watching and various various other factors, right? But um, that's exactly what it is. I feel like from like for example like from the example of the e-myth if you know that book right where it talks about like lots of businesses they get into building a business because they love for example in the in the book the example is they love making cakes so they create a bakery but the thing is if you're the only one that knows how to properly bake the cake that sells then you cannot scale you will never get power in in the way that you put it like because you either have to work harder (laughs) or if you get burned out now you're working less but there's someone's got to do it for you when you haven't built the systems to do that. And, and so like, uh, it's kind of inevitable where in the mixing world, like Manny Mariquin, Jason Joshua, they're not the ones with their hands on the board a hundred percent of the time. That's why they have assistants where oftentimes the secret is they're not mixing most of the records that they're putting their name on. Like you have to scale it and somehow decrease the amount of time. And I think that's what you're getting into. And, and I'm just saying it in a, in a different way. Um, that's really interesting that you said it in the form of power and in, in the form of like um, physics and physical like uh, uh, what do you say um, formulas work over time versus mm-hmm. work, which is force times distance. Is that what you said? Uh, force over first time distance. Yep, you're right. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that that's something super. So just to recap, myth number one is do not take pictures with your big clients. That's myth number one. So. Meaning, please take pictures and with your big clients. Myth number two is talent matters. So meaning that if you do not have the talent, then you can at least be the middleman. You can provide value by introducing people. I think that that's incredibly. Do you have, just so we have, we were talking about the rule of threes, right? Just so we have a large option here. What's what's a? Do you have a myth number three off the top of your head? <laughs> a large option. I like that callback. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess you kind of led into it, which is the the ultimate secret is most people think these top engineers even are really doing all these records, and that goes back to that second myth, which was uh, talent. Right, that was the second myth. Talent yep. matters. Talent matters. Because once you gain a brand, this is why branding is so important. If you look at Mike Will Made It, uh, you know, and the ear drummers and all these type of folks, any kind of big producer, it's kind of known Dr. Dre doesn't make every beat. He just has all the people respecting him who come in to play the bass and the drums and the whatever. And he just, he's orchestrates it and puts it together like a ditty. I don't know why it's super respected in hip hop, but kind of seen as a negative thing, I guess, in engineering. Is that true? That it's seen as a negative thing or am I just... Um, it's kind of seen as... Currently, it's still seen as like a, oh, but I paid you to mix it. It's like, yes. And I've taught an entire team to do what I can do, but I also have deadlines and many other clients. But I wanted you to touch it. It's like, I still verified it at the end. No, but I wanted you to do top to bottom. It's like, okay, that's not scalable. <laughs> let me let me yeah. clarify. You're saying that it's cool to work under a big name. And you're saying that for, uh, and you're, you're asking whether or not engineers think it's cool to work under a big name. Uh, the other way around to where the big name offsets the. Oh, task. so, so yeah. Dre so imagine it's you're cool the client. that he has a lot of followers. Uh, put it no, this way. Imagine like, you're the maybe, client maybe I'm not missing, hiring yeah, exactly. Jason Joshua to mix, but his assistant mixed it. Yeah. Is that considered like a thing in engineering? I don't know. And I'm not usually, you know. usually a client might, will not like that. Oh, yeah. I see. In my experience, at least, if I ever said like, hey, um, I'm unfortunately a little booked up, I can have my assistant take care of it and then I can verify the ending of it. It's like, no, I wanted you to mix it. I'm like, yes, you would still have my final touch and approval and everything. And I would verify that it's up to quality. But they they seemingly uh, it's it's a lot of emotion involved in in the artist's view. If that makes sense. Uh, other industries, like if I was a carpenter and I said, my assistant built your chair, nobody would care because the chair is the chair. There's no emotion involved in the chair, but the musical is such an emotionally involved thing that on the engineering side, they want, they want their, their fine touch person to be the, the final touch. Right. And, and I'll just kind of 
shotgun to reinforce what you're saying is that they're working with the brand of Metro Boomin, the brand of Murder Beats. That's why they go and pay these exorbitant amounts is because they want to work with that person specifically. And outside of like, if it's cool or not, like you said, it's about scalability. And one thing about an army is that if I'm a soldier, I'm not going to listen to the general if he's never been in battle before. Mm. So to even be in that position where you can have assistance should show that they respect you on some level because you've done it before. You know what the heck you're talking about because people would just walk away and do it themselves. They wouldn't need that person. Um, But there are studios in LA where I've heard engineers have 30 assistants mixing their stuff. Like it's like a machine, but people don't understand it's like this. And, you know, I guess the, the myth going in is, um, you know, wait, the second myth was talent and you, you position it so well. And I lost your point that you were trying to make the, um, cause I was going to pivot off of what you said, which was, I guess the, Oh, that they exist. Sorry. That's what it was. That was kind of the secret, but you kind of, the cat's out the bag. Now people don't even know that they exist. So like even the assistance, and I'm going to shotgun a lot of things out there. People don't know, for example, there's a guy, uh, Paul Third on YouTube, who's calling out a lot of software companies right now because they're making claims that software does something, but it really doesn't. Long story short. Um, that's, you know, Paul Third. The, that's Paul Third on YouTube. Oh, the snake oil guy. Yeah, yeah he's, Paul yeah. Third. Shout out I'm to Paul fan. Third. Yeah. And so my point in saying this is that a lot of folks don't even know that the code is shared amongst the developers on the software side. So we think we're buying all these new plugins. It's the same shared code with a different interface. So I'm saying this to say in real life, when it comes to, you know, the glam of the industry, we think all these people are mixing the records in reality. It's white, it's white labeled stuff from somebody else. But what makes Steve Jobs important? It's not that he made every single iPhone by hand. You know, it's his creative direction for the iPhone and how he made us excited about it. So I think there's some, you know, the engineer community is so focused on doing the craft and maybe I have to love that and respect that because that is where the fun is. But if you guys want to grow and, you know, go beyond your bounds, you have to escape from the doing itness, And that's the scary part of a creative. We always want to stay. There's a book by um, uh, 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 Ger, something Gerber. I want to say Michael Gerber. Um, forgive me. I'm going to look this up as we speak, but it's called E-Myth. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, oh, the book that we were yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, Michael E. Gerber, that's his name. Uh, it's called E-Myth. So there's three levels to business. And I don't mean to make this so businessy, but the creatives need to understand their power so that they don't get finessed and hurt by all the people controlling the business. Long story is this. There's three levels. You have the, the technician or the person doing the craft, like the baker. Then you have the manager who oversee, like you guys are ex- explaining the uh, studios, who oversees all the bakers. They don't necessarily bake the cakes anymore, but they make sure that Todd is clocking in. <laughs> and then you have the person who just owns the bakery. They're never there. They just hired somebody to be there to watch everybody else. And that's the ultimate goal is you want to, you want to think of it like the universe. You know, if you go back to the biblical story about the universe, if we call ourselves creators and if we want to be God-like, God didn't just focus on earth and that was it. You know, they did the animals, the earth one day, the stars a different day, and then left that thing. So my point is there's six days of creation. First day was one thing. Second day was a different thing. Third day was a different thing. And then walked away from that thing. Most people want to stay in the one thing. And that's fine. That's your choice. But I'm saying if you want to be like a God and increase your consciousness and awareness and your power and be like the stars, quite literally the stars, the soul, you got to detach and be, you got to zoom out. It's called, that's why my uh, favorite emoji is the Eagle emoji. I want people to get higher up so that they can zoom in when they need to. And I'll, I'll leave to this last point is that the lady who's raising hundred million dollars for her film studio, she knows everything about everything. Like she knows about the gaffing techniques, the, the, you know, I forget what it's called, but like the pool they use for different movies with water. Mm-hmm. She knows everything about each like thing that she wants to build. But she knows as an entrepreneur, she has to zoom out in order for this vision to come to fruition. So I just want to give people the courage to go out there and to get outside of, you know, their, their comfort zone, I guess, is the right word, and really challenge the status quo. And that's why, you know, to plug myself, that's why I created this creative agency called Busy Signal, which are symbols and eagle. And we represent people going against the status quo, people who challenge, like you challenged my thought earlier, 
we're going to challenge everything about the music industry, everything about what's currently done in a certain way. Um, and that's what I'm focusing on. So June 21st, I'm going to be in New York, basically throwing a party to launch my agency. Thank God. Uh, but it's a, it's a long time coming, but so oh, that, congratulations. That's a, on that, man. Yeah. Thank congratulations you. for real. So uh, now's the perfect time. So you're starting a creative agency. I want to ask you a little bit more about that in a second. But if you want to learn more about, I mean, you make a lot of uh, tutorials in FL Studio, as well as just producing in general and various things. You have a website, busyworksbeats.com, question mark. Is that right? Yes. Sweet. There it is. And you have a bunch of courses. You have an entire YouTube channel filled with informational videos. And and I see, I'm subscribed to you, so I see you posting videos and going live like daily. Like I know you have a lot of shit ton of content always coming out. Um and so if you're interested in learning more about production, and obviously there's some business stuff here and there, but your channel is mostly focused on production and beat making, uh, go to BusyWorks Beats on YouTube. You're on Clubhouse a lot if you'd like to more this, know this deeper cut knowledge. Um, it sounds like you offer mentorship with like business. I don't know if that's like a paid thing or whatnot, or if that's even something you're offering. But let's talk a little bit about the creative in, uh, the creative agency. What does that mean to be a creative industry industry? creative agency and how, what are you trying to accomplish? Who are kind of your ideal clients there? Yeah. And I'll even be sure about it. Look, the world's going into chaos. We're about to go into the, probably the worst depression known to man. So look, do what you love is my point and do what you love and focus on what you love, meaning create the content, create the music, create the mixes, create the, whatever gets you excited, find those unknowns that make you excited. Those curiosity points that keep that dopamine going, because that's, what's going to give us the most joy to pull ourselves into normalcy, into above normalcy, which is happiness. And that's why I'm going to do all the boring stuff for people. So they can do what they love and we're going to handle all the boring, okay, how to build out a product line. This sounds so boring, but I guess you guys are into it because you're about the merchandise. But you know, you had to find suppliers. You had to figure out, okay, you're going to do DT, uh, direct to garment printing. Are you going to do silk screening? Is it going to bleed? You know, who's the vendor? Who's the consistent vendor? How much do you have to buy? Do you have to buy a thousand pieces at one time? Or are you going to do Alibaba, AliExpress? We're going to handle all the geeky. That's the stuff I love is building businesses. So I love that side. So I'm going to do what I love. Whereas most people don't love trying to figure out how to communicate with the vendor who's 12 hours ahead of them and all this type of stuff. So my point is do what you love in this coming period, because that's what's going to keep us all moving forward. So that's what the creative agency is, is a balance of I'm doing what I love. Y'all could do what you love, which is the content creation. Actually, people don't even like content creation as much anymore. They like just creating the music. But we're going to figure out a way to wrap it up to where um, people get value out of it. Because don't you hate when people just play, hit play and it's just, we don't, like, I don't care about that person's song. It's not valuable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, Absolutely. It's just a person staring at a screen, hitting play. That's just not valuable uh, to most people. So true. That's, that's the DNA of what I'm going to be doing is um, wrapping around somebody's core love. So, you know, people are popping, but they don't understand how to monetize. And that's another thing we're going to be doing. So um, that's actually something that we're working on is trying to figure out, we have the audience, we're trying to figure out how to monetize everybody that's listening right now. No, yeah, no, that's right, I, listeners. <laughs> we're trying to take your money. No, <laughs> it, it would just be nice if, uh, if uh, Daddy could buy some new shoes. No, but right. uh, on that note, um, we do have exclusive well, content. So if you like listening to the podcast and would like three times the amount of episodes that you're then you're hearing right now. Three times the amount of episodes go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive to unlock exclusive bonus episodes that are more specifically technical. And we pull a lot of awesome tips from videos and other podcasts and things like that and kind of curate that content. Um, on that note, let me do a quick review real quick, if that's all right, Busy, of yeah. the three points. Myth number one is um, take do not take pictures with your clients. So, Take pictures with clients. Myth number two is talent matters. And I'm sure that there's a balance here, right? And it's good to be good at things, but you don't need to be good at it. The point is you could be the middleman. And that's the point. And the third myth is you have to do everything yourself. Um, and I think that goes into power and being becoming powerful and having people help and assist under you and, and um, creating a brand, right, that people want to collaborate with. I think that that's briefly recapping everything that we've said. Um, 
Where can people learn more about you, about your stuff? Like what platforms are you on and that you're welcoming people to, you're, you would like to invite people to join you on? Sure. Forgive me. I want to add value to you before I leave, which is this. And I'll, I'll say my thing at the end, which is ways you guys can monetize. One is you already have the affiliate uh, relationship with Isotope. We can get you more sponsors. That's easy. Uh, two is to figure out a live event circuit, for example, where you two host, if you want to do this, or you can do it virtually with webinars. And then you can always have a refreshing um, guest panel and they'll typically do it for free. So you can go to city to city. You guys are already in LA. So you can leverage a ton of people. Just do little private masterclass type things, invite palace, you know, Metro, whoever wants to pop through. And then they could pull up and you do a masterclass per artist, like a show. Um, you guys can do software development. I have a software development side, which is we can literally build out plugins for you. Um, whether it's a synth or a process DSP type plugins, you guys can do merchandise, which you already figured out. But merchandise is more of a, I would say, unless you're margin, unless you're selling a hoodie for like a hundred bucks, the margins are a little tight. So it's more so like a promo, like a culture thing than it is a, a monetary thing. Um, so you have the membership. Do yep. you? For the exclusive content. Yep. Is it Patreon or something else? Uh, no, it's directly through a third party app for uh, the our podcast uploading service. Oh, don't. Good. Yeah. Membership is always a slept on one. And then lastly, I would have some kind of standalone because that's where people, they think that subscriptions taken over because they see all these software companies doing it, but that you got to have both, you know, like I don't always want to do, a la, uh, what's it called? Uh, a la buffet carte. style. Yeah. I don't always want to do buffet and then have not have the a la carte thing. So like, do you always go to a buffet every time you eat? No, that's basically what it is. The Although I wouldn't complain if that was the only option. <laughs> <laughs> Chick-fil-A buffet. <laughs> oh my God, a Chick-fil-A buffet. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, well, that kind of wraps it up for this episode. Um, yeah, let's do a quick shout out for you. If people want to ask oh. you questions or is there any, any places where people can reach out to you, find you and your content? Yeah, the next thing I'm pushing is Busy Signal Agency on IG. So Busy Signal Agency. But you could just follow me at BusyWorksBeats. You'll see me always talking about it. Um, you can Google me, do your research. You know what I mean? Don't take my word for it. Go look at what I've created and uh, check other people's opinions before coming to check me. Man, I wish, I wish more LA cats people said, said stuff like that. Cause be, people in LA be dropping heavy names and like you look them up and they're nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, I can go on a tangent, but producers be like produce for Drake. And then they throw in this obscure artist just to throw you off. Like, some unknown person. So it looks real, but it's, it's people make up stuff all the time. So that's, I, th that's I think that's place. what my IG looks like. Cause I'll be honest. Uh, I never took pictures with my clients. I think the only person I actually have a picture with is my regular client, Keisha Cole. Like, but like, you know, I've known her for years and that that's always been my philosophy. But because of that, like when you look at my credits list on my IG, they're like, why doesn't he post any photos of him? Like never really cared to. So did he actually do it? Only one way to find out, bro. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will say that this out. was a very, very interesting episode. For me, this is probably oh, the yeah. most challenging episode for me in the sense that um, you're breaking my, my indoctrination. Everything that I've been indoctrinated with and have been taught, you broke a lot of it this, in this single episode. And, and so it's been very challenging to kind of relearn and absorb and look at it from a different perspective. So I thank you for challenging oh, me. You. And I hope that this was challenging for everybody that's listening right now. And uh, that's right. So I, I think we're going to, we're going to, is there any other things that you want to say? I literally forgot I have a book. So if people want like <laughs> this more businessy stuff, just go to my IG. I just updated it with the little, it's called Koji, but it has all the links in it. So it's a free book, free PDF. I don't even ask for your email. I just want that wisdom to go out. Uh, to folks, I forgot about the book. Yeah, so yeah. so I'll be if downloading more the businessy mindset, and I'll, I'll be downloading that as well because oh. I'm I'm all in. Is there an audible? <laughs> I'm working on the uh, Ayla. Thank you, Ayla is going to be doing. She has a really good voice. She's going to be doing the audio version. I'm going to put it up on YouTube. I don't know how to put it on Audible yet. I don't know how to do it. Ah, yeah. If you do, uh, I'll most likely uh, listen to your book while driving because that's my favorite time to listen to books. So well, it'll be yeah. LA traffic, it gives you a free 30 minutes to, to brush up on your books. 
Well, thank you so much, Busy. Thank you so much for the time that you've dedicated. I'm going to wrap up this episode. We're really, really grateful for the knowledge that you've dropped, for your giving mentality, um, and uh, for the value that you've provided, not just for me and Lou, but to the audience. And I hope that everybody listening right now can can go back, rewind, re-listen to this episode. There's many, many gems. And I think it's going to take a little bit of time to really absorb everything, including myself. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this episode. Uh, thank you so much. Once again, Busy. Um, if you're if you like the podcast, obviously feel free to subscribe or follow depending on your platform. And if you're on Spotify, on Apple or on Google Podcasts, please leave a five star review ranking as that helps us get on the algorithm, find more people to give value to. We really appreciate everybody that's listening. And on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Are you trying to find the perfect distribution platform to get your music on Spotify and Apple? I personally use and love DistroKid. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash DistroKid to get a small discount and get access to a platform with unlimited uploads for a yearly fee. Happy uploading and enjoy the show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.